Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Bobby Moore and Sir Jeff Hurst The trailer looking at Billy Bones Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. This is more than just a podcast. Podcast. Season 7, episode 19. You're hearing the dulcet tones of Super Shed Man. Good evening, Nigel. Where are you? What are you doing? I'm in my shed. Excellent. And back this week from whatever he was doing last week. We didn't ask you what you're doing last week. It's John. Hello. What were you doing last week, John? I was busy with a family event. Okay. Where are you? What are you doing tonight? I'm in my loft and I'm talking to you. Excellent. Um, no George tonight. Um, no, I think stuck he's... at Waterloo. So thank you, Southwest Trains, yet again. Hold up, hold up, hold up. There was a fire trackside. All trains are not leaving Waterloo at all. At Waterloo. Well, was... Why can't we say thank you, Southwest Trains? Southwestern. Well, it ain't their fault, is it? Train. If there's a fire trackside, what do you want them to do? Run the trains through the fire? Yeah. Oh dear, oh dear. <laughs> Never would have been a problem if you in the city. east, mate, you wouldn't have that problem. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's talk about it's not a train podcast, it's a football podcast. Guess what, guys? We won our game of football hey. against the reigning Premier League champions. Hey. Yeah, where's the sound effect? Nigel. That is the best. Nigel, oh, get. hang on, hang on. Hey. Hey. That is a bit though. And Nigel went to it. Hey. I did. How was your lunchtime kickoff? Oh, bloody hate them. They, they, I just can't get the times right. I, I didn't leave my ass to 11, which if you think it was a three o'clock kickoff, that'd be half one. That's way too late. I just yeah, I was got speaking there to you, wasn't I? I'm going, Are you not there yet? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's pretty tricky, isn't it, working back? It is trying to work. What time should I leave? It seems a bit early to be going. And then you think, well, no, I didn't even get a drink or anything. Did you miss the kickoff? No, I got in. I got in time. Just. Even that. that I suffered a long queue on the bridge. The bridge. Who knows what number? The busy bridge, but not the busiest bridge. The Don't go to the busy one. bridge. Go to the not bri- busy bridge. Yeah, but then you've got to walk all the way round to get to the not busy it's bridge. It's quicker in the long. I've done it, right? Bridge three, bridge four. Or bridge, uh, yeah, bridge one and five are the two busy ones. Two, three, and four are the are the quiet ones. Yeah, well, John says, "How do you know what bridge number?" And as he asked me that last time at the London Stadium, it's a great big sign game. Bridge one, he went. I was I've never seen that. Before. There are signs there. Oh, I never see that. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah. He went. Well, how do you know what the bloody bridge is? It's <laughs> great big sign game. Bridge three, bridge one. Yeah, <laughs> it's, you just got to open your eyes and look, Nigel. Look up. The thing is, the nearest way to go in would have been actually to walk in where the away fans walk in. Yeah, Bridge 4. Yeah, I didn't think of that, to be fair. Yeah, you can always get through there on Bridge 4. So, oh, well. Well, I got anyway, in. I, I made kickoff. Um, let's talk about the game, Nigel. Let's start with you, 
because uh, I watched it on the box as, as so did John in the delayed stream with John, but we'll come to him in a minute. Let's start with you. Was it a good day out? The the result was was all that mattered, and how we achieved the result is secondary. When we're down there, we need the points. I don't want to be critical. I thought we rode our luck a lot. The, the, the tactic seems to be if we can put 11 players in the box, they can't get through it. And that seems to be working. So you've got to give David Moyes credit f- for sorting that. Because it was obvious defensively we were pretty poor uh, before he turned up. Now he's he's had to come up with a plan. He's got to get points. He's come up with, right, every man back. It's like the old days when we were kids, when you know they'd nick the ball off you, and all of us used to run back just to stand in front of them to stop it. I've done about parking a bus. He, 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 he parked a West Ham bus garage full of them at times. It seemed, um, which good good goal by Arnie. Yeah, it was a good goal. It, it, but the, that was the funny thing is because when the game started, we showed attacking intent, and then we scored. In the fifth minute, sixth minute, sixth minute, and then that's the end of for me. That seemed to be the end of our attacking content. Um, We had we had we had times where we could have broke on them, and it seemed to be the player on the ball didn't want to gamble with it. Perhaps there was no one up there for him to hit the ball to. That um, they they seem to hold on the ball, wait for support to come from midfield. We haven't got the fastest of players in the middle, um, or we didn't pick the fastest of players in the middle. Antonio seems to be lacking match fitness. So yeah. he didn't play with a striker or a decent... So it was a good tactic in a way. It's like the old Allardyce false nine bit, isn't it, when we've done Spurs 3-0. Look, we, we, we got the three points. Yeah, Let that's the main a, thing. The a main quick stat attack. Uh, we only had 31% possession, which probably doesn't surprise you, meaning obviously that the Blues had 69. They had 19 shots, but only two of them on target. And West Ham had five shots, two of them on target. So, you know. That says it all, really, doesn't it? That does say it all, doesn't it? I mean, I mean actually, the stats bow out the game. The, the fact is that, you know, Moyes came out and said he didn't have anyone to man mark. So, so he did. He come up with a system. Is Every time um, Ed Nazard got the ball, he, he seemed to stick three players on him. Yeah. And they all ran around. And we literally crowded Chelsea out. As you said, the stats, they only had two shots on target, did you say? I mean, yeah. there you go. That, that's... That that sums it up. They there was just no room for them to get their shots off. So yeah. I hope he does the same against Arsenal. Yeah, but you wouldn't want to see that week in week out. Yeah, at the end. Of let's the move. Let's move on to John. John. John was actually watching his daughter uh, playing a band. So he actually turned off his mobile phone, went compute completely in communicado. And you watched the game as if it was live afterwards. I did, Correct, yeah. John? yeah. I got home and about half hour left to play on the game. So I started it from the beginning and uh, sat down and watched it, yeah. I, I would I, have been I there say, if uh, I hadn't been moved for Sky. Yeah, I Just must say I was that. very impressed you didn't fast forward because I would have been, especially at the end, when I was almost watching behind a cushion, I would have been very tempted to fast forward at well, the end. Like I said, I came back, I got a lift back with my daughter's boyfriend who's a Chelsea fan and we sat and watched it together. So, yeah, it wasn't fair. Was that pleasant? To, uh, I don't think, I've, I couldn't believe it, to be honest. And I don't think <laughs> you could either. So, so yeah. But, John, two penalty shouts, one for Chelsea, one for West Ham. What what what's your view? First on the Chelsea one, obviously with um, Reed, a bit of a shirt pull. Letter of the law says it should have been a penalty. Yeah, I've seen them given, but it, you know from the when you see it, it in like in full light without slow motion, it didn't look like a pen. But when you see the close up from the other angle, you see him pull his shirt, so it could have been. But I, I mean, also think that ours was a handball, so I think that. Cancels. I was going to say, so you so you say uh, definite pen for West Ham. Yeah, I think so. I think that was definitely a pen. It stopped the the, the ball going in the opposite direction, which he was trying to bring the ball across when he oh, wasn't deliberate. Though, was it? The, the the rule is deliberate handball. 
Well, also, if he pulls in an unnatural position, hands in an unnatural position, it's like halfway up his body stuck out. Mm-hmm. He, he flicked the ball, you know, and you've seen him given. Yeah. I, you know, I always remember Stuart Pearce giving a goal, a handball away against San Marino in the first minute or something. And the bloke just kicked the ball straight at his hand and got a pen, you know. So you see him given. But either way, neither were given, so that's fine. Yeah. But bad day for Chelsea or or actually just West Ham frustrated them and stopped playing their game? I think, you know, I think we took a lot of heart from the City performance. I think they've, they have come up with a plan. They've come up, they're obviously working harder. They've, they've all got nowhere they should be. They're all running around a lot more. And they've learned how to defend, it seems. They've got a system, the three or the five at the back. And yeah, they all know what they're doing. And they, I think, you know, it isn't what you want to see week in, week out. But to be fair to them, they have got this run of City, Chelsea, now Arsenal. So we'll see what he comes up with for Stoke, eh? But yeah, I think we've done, they've done really well. It was a good defensive performance. Chelsea missed a couple, didn't he? Motta. He, he should have scored, shouldn't he? Yeah. You know, so, yeah. And apart from that, they, they literally didn't look like they were going to get a goal, did they? They didn't, no. And uh, I, I had a, we had some good time. We, we, John and myself go to a curry club and uh, most of them are Chelsea fans. So, so I, well, I had most delight in winding up them, but they, they weren't biting very much, were they, John? Well, People don't really take it very serious, Sean. I'm sorry, but they don't really. You know, you always, and my brother is a Chelsea fan as well. So I always take too life. early. You go too early. So. <laughs> anyway, oh, I, I, I had fun this morning walking <laughs> walking into the office this morning uh, with various Chelsea fans. I always enjoy winding up a few Chelsea fans, and of course, they've always got an excuse. What do you reckon, my brother said to John? First thing. Uh, the well, European said, uh, game. They were tired. Huh? They were tired because of the European game. No, no, no. What? What does? If you know my brother, what does he usually moan about? Ref. Refs. Yeah. He said, "How much did David Gold pay that ref to be on your side? Atrocious refing. Why does it always go against us? Chelsea can never lose because they deserve to lose. Chelsea fans will never accept that." I hope you said David Gold wouldn't pay a lot of money because he's such a skimping. <laughs> so he wouldn't actually buy a ref anyway. Yeah, yeah. I said he doesn't go to the games anyway. Anyway, uh, let's hear what the gaffer had to say. David, congratulations. What pleased you most about what you saw out there today? Oh, the win was the biggest thing. You know, to get a win in, in the Premier League's really hard and especially against the champions. But uh, I think after that, I would say the spirit of the team, how they stuck together, their effort, their work rate, all the things, and, and more importantly, probably what a lot of the basics were done were done in the main well today. You were on the front foot from the start, weren't you? Was that very much the game plan today? Look, we wanted to try and cause Chelsea some problems as well. Uh, we knew once they, they got a grip of the ball, their possession would be would be far greater than ours. And, and so that also meant then us being good defensively and organised. And I think we were for long periods. We were we were really well organised. But we always wanted to cause them problems. In the first half, I thought we did. A little bit less in the second half, even though I thought we had two or three great opportunities on the break to, to make a, a better pass, which I think could have got us a second goal. Did Marco's goal and the quality of it underline his value to this team? Well, I think Marko Anoutovic has, has been a good player. Uh, uh, West Ham have signed him with, with the idea that he contributes by making goals and scoring goals. He scored one today. I think he's started to contribute in, in a couple of games. I've certainly had him. But overall, I think the, the team's all-round performance was the thing which I would I would be interested in. But I thought Marco and also Antonio up front, I thought, were, were always a handful. At 1-0, it was always tight, wasn't it? Did you feel you should have had a penalty in the second half, Christensen Hamble? I definitely did from the touchline, and I'll stand corrected if it's wrong once I see it again. And I haven't had a chance to see it after the after the game yet. My feeling at the time was it looked as if it had really hit him in the hand, and Marco had go, was going the other side of him. Mm. I thought at the time it was a penalty kick. Maybe you'll tell me it's wrong, but uh, at the time it looked a penalty kick to me. Tell us what you're doing on the training ground that we're seeing bearing such fruit just at the moment? No different than what I would have done at Preston North End or Everton or Manchester United or Sunderland. 
Uh, we're just trying to make sure we get the players playing well enough and organised enough. And hopefully in time we'll build the quality up. I'd like to play my football like Chelsea played today. I thought some of their football at times was stunning. So I hope in the future that my team here at West Ham will play in a good football fashion like they did. But given what you've seen at the Etihad last week, given what you've seen today, how encouraged are you for the season ahead? Well, I was I got a big boost from the performance at Manchester City. We didn't take any points from it, but you know, there was something that we could talk positive about and we could say to the players how well they'd done. You know, we've looked a little bit harder to beat at the moment, which has been a big problem here. I think we do have people who can create and score goals. So I think if we can get the, the sort of the back end sorted, then maybe we might give ourselves a chance of getting some points. David, what do you think about that then, John? Well, I think good on him. He's very happy, wasn't he? Very happy with his lot. Yeah, and, and, and do you know what? Well deserved. I mean, he's coming for a little bit of grief and a little bit of, you know, oh my God, what have we done after the 4-0 defeat? You know, it could have been easy for him to just uh, give up, but you know, well deserved for his first win. What a one to get to for Chelsea. Uh, you know, and and if he can do the double and, and get Arsenal, then I think I think everyone's going to be delighted, aren't they? Yeah, whatever's going on, it's just it's just good to see a slight change in the trajectory of what's going on there, isn't it? You can see it's sort of like hit a bottom and now it's slightly starting to rise. Whether it rises quick enough and high enough to keep us going, who knows, but you can see a change. Yeah. Oh, I've just had an update. Um, I don't know if you know this, but uh, Stoke, you remember um, the club asked for away games, yeah, full allocation? Yeah. This is more for you, Nigel. Yeah, go on. Well, you know Stoke away is on general sale? Well, yeah, but it is, It's the thing it is a Saturday before Christmas, isn't it? It is, yeah. So th- there's a lot, you know. Well, it's a I, midweek game, isn't it? No, it's a, it's a Saturday, three o'clock yeah. kickoff. Very rare, West Ham. Um, My source close to the ticket office says it will sell out. There's only a hundred uh, tickets left. Well, that's good then. No, it's given. It's given. Oh no, no, sorry. They're talking about the other one. They're saying no. that's the Arsenal game actually. Because I, I asked them earlier today, I said, which we're going to talk about later, saying, you know, I'm my kids aren't going on Wednesday night, so I'm. I said, you know, will I will ticket trader go live? And and she's saying, yes, it will sell out. There's only a hundred tickets left. Oh, so you'll get your four quid back. I'll get me eight quid back. Oh, sorry, you eight quid. Eight quid back. It's a category A game, oh, so it's nearly nine quid actually. That's scandalous. Getting double back. Will you will you sell your child ticket? Well, I don't have a child ticket anymore. Oh, you have I? an adult ticket. Um, well, my my uh, my daughter's boyfriend's not coming. Are you going to sell it then? Um, probably not. No. Why? Well, look, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll put it here. Let's see how many people actually really listen to this show. Or is it just a one man and a dog that nothing? Yeah. Or yeah. one man and his sheepdogs. They seem to be in Australia, yeah. the listeners. Um, I've got a spare seat. If If people know how to contact me, contact me. And I'll see if I can, if you want to come with me, if you can get there. There you go. How about that? A special free, free just a podcast. A, a, a free ticket oh, next no, to I'll come with you. I'll sell mine. <laughs> <laughs> Funny <laughs> enough, I know someone that'll buy your one. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Mine's happy then. Anyway, oh, move let's on. move on. <laughs> uh, so, brilliant win. Uh, Spoilt a little bit by. A, a, an article in The Guardian with Jacob Steinberg with David Sullivan. What was he thinking, Nigel? Brilliant. What's an interview? Um, this is so fantastic. Go uh, on, you, you give us your view on, on... This is the best thing David Sullivan, in my eyes, has ever done because he's just shown people exactly why I've disliked him since day one. The, the, the man ain't got a clue. It's just not got a clue. And it's good that everybody can see what an absolute grade one idiot he is. And perhaps I'm being a bit harsh on saying that because the man's a billionaire, so he's obviously not a grade one idiot. But how can someone so successful in business, in fact, the three of them, how can the three of them so successful in business make an absolute pig's ear of two football clubs? Because that's what they've done. They've got no – they're good at business – 
but they can't equate that business to something that people are emotionally attached to. And right. they can't. Let me play devil's advocate. What was wrong with the interview, Nigel? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, first of all, I'm guessing, and I'm only guessing, he's done that because there's been pressure put on about coming out and, and, and being a bit more contrite in the press. So he's thought he'll do a nice, cuddly interview and he'll hold his hands up to a few things. But, but why Why would Jay, Jacob Steinberger not with Darren Lewis or... Well, that's a, that's, I don't know. That's a good question. And or, or, I did ask Jacob or, Steinberg. And he, he, I think he first thought I was digging him out as a bald lover because I did question why the Guardian, when Sullivan's not a Guardian reader, why Jacob Steinberg when he's not a bald lover? Yeah. I'm sure yeah. there's something behind it. You know, two and two... He's, he's not coming to five here. He's coming up to four. But, you know, whether we... What are you suggesting? Well, there's obviously an ulterior motive. Something Jacob Steinberg's obviously got something on Sullivan or, or whatever that the club thought they'd use him. So, oh, you're such a conspiracy. I, well, that's me, isn't it? Conspiracy, you know. I thought if West Ham moved to Olympic Stadium that the club would become a car crash circus. That was just a conspiracy theory in 2012. Come on. So what is it? What, well, right, hold just, up, right? Let's go with Snodgrass and Font. I mean... Yeah. But he didn't say he didn't want them. Let's be clear. Oh, I know he that. Said, but it's my still children. embarrassing, isn't it? He threw his children under the bus. Let's be fair. That shocked me. He threw his children under the bus saying, my kids begged me not to sign. Not he didn't rate Snodgrass or Font. But his children didn't rate them. But do and top therefore... businessmen go home and discuss everything with their kids? <laughs> the <laughs> the if they want to treat football like a business, does the chief executive of Barclays or, or, or Goldman Sachs, does he go home and say, here, Tarquin, what do you reckon on this? Oh, you know, he ain't, is he? So why is Sullivan doing that? Why? Because he's grooming his kids to probably <laughs> to take over the running of the club. Well, he says it in the interview. Well, there you go, isn't it? And and yeah. It's so what, just... all right. So let's part the snod and a snod snodgrass and font. What is? Let's do the top three. What's the other bit of the interview you picked up that either embarrassed you think embarrassed the club? Well, it it sort of. Do you know what he he said the thing that we which we knew back in the day about the ten million. He brought up that we moved from the bowling. And and all we've got is ten million pound extra. Yeah, he did. So that yeah. ten million pound is what West Ham earn extra over. Yeah, what he said it's not life changing. That's the thing. It's not life changing. That is not but he what said, they said. He said, and I'll quote him: "I didn't. I made it. I did it because I didn't want West Ham to be seen as a tin pot club. Yeah. I wanted players to come along and be impressed by the stadium. I didn't want West Ham to be a tin pot club." Do you know, there's a saying. I don't know if it's the sorry, but I grew up with this saying: "Fur coat, no knickers," and that is the fur coat, no knickers stadium. Because basically, what he's saying is, have a look at the outside. Have a look. Would you reckon? Yeah, this crap inside. But don't worry about that, boys. Don't it look good from outside? That's what it is. It's the fur coat, no knickers stadium. Because we ain't got everything else to go with it. It looks lovely from outside in the summer. Okay, all right. We've done. We've but done on, the. Let's get the life change because he said it's not life changing. Yeah. They never said that in the videos, did they? And, and but he did say it, he did say in the interview, I regret a lot of what I've said. He actually said that. He said, I regret a lot of what he said. And he also took some blame by saying, you know, he he hasn't got a lot right. You know, he, he actually said, you know, I, I, I've worked all the hours, but I haven't got some things right. And at sixty eight I still make mistakes. So he has he has t- he said I regret a lot of what I said. I'm, I forget what he said, whether I'm over-ambitious or whatever, but he certainly sort of accepted that statements like Next Level and Champions League were, uh, you know. Yeah, or oh, let's see if Kevin Brady comes out. No, no, he, he said that. He, he doesn't say, that. I regret saying Next Level. He didn't say, I, re- he I didn't regret He didn't say saying Next Level. He said, I, re- I regret of saying a lot of the things I've said. Yeah, well, well what things? Tell us then. He regrets saying I supported Cardiff as a kid. <laughs> yeah. he, he was quick within within the second paragraph. He was praising himself on on the good transfer business, not the bad transfer business. It was it showed him for what he is. It was look. I can tell you right. It was an hour 
and 20-minute interview. Now, I reckon there's a lot that hasn't been published, right? And Jacob Steinberg has released some of that on Twitter, but not all of it, because they spoke nonstop for an hour and 20 minutes. And Jacob Steinberg, what, printed about 800 words? So there's a lot. Now, some of that may be taken out of context. Some of it may not. I would say, personally, don't let David Sullivan in a room with a journalist for an hour and 20 minutes completely... um, because it's a car crash. I could I could guarantee it was a car crash. I blame the press office. I blame Brady and Gold for letting him do it, if they, if they knew about it, for letting him oh, do it in the first you place. Just shut up. Will you just I, will you I, stop I, making bloody excuses? I'm the not making excuses. I just don't think he should have done the interview. He does what he wants. People can't stop him. He does what he wants. He's the bloke who pulls the well, strings. Well, maybe he doesn't care then. Maybe he doesn't care. He, what, clearly he don't care. He ain't got a clue, has he? You ain't got a clue. Look, all this, all this grief, all these reactions, all this like this real West Ham fans and all this. Everybody has said no more shit in the media, and they come out with that. And then the next, like yesterday, David Gold's there again on Twitter. Yeah, he shouldn't have done that. He's either, back mate. on Twitter, giving. He's, he's been quiet for two weeks while we've had the uh, world's falling apart. As soon as we have one win, he's back on it again all over it, giving it all the large about shouldn't that be as we're getting out of relegation? We're not in, you know, shut up. Just shut up. You've got Conan Brady. I I do agree with you. I'm going to agree with you. And I said, or my suggestions to the board was David Cole to come off Twitter and and the Sullivans not to talk to the press. Now, you're right. They've broken those two and it's their bed. They've got a lie in it. I, 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 I completely agree. It was a wrong thing for him to do in the interview. He should have kept his mouth shut. It's his fault. I do believe David Gold should come off Twitter. You need to. You need to accept it's his fault. You don't start blaming the press officer. Don't start blaming Brady. It's he needs saving from fault. himself, though. I'm say, John. He needs saving from himself. Well, did Gold or whatever his name is, Jacob Cream Cracker? Did he? Yeah. Um, did he go through the press office for the interview? Or did he go direct to Sullivan? <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to answer that? Um, or should we well, plead ignorance? Look, it's not my place to say, right? It's not. It's not my place to say. It's been done. It's water under the bridge. Yeah. All right, then let's move on then. <laughs> you write the bloody thing, the list of what we're talking about. You put it on there. All right. So what? I mean, well, it's it's one of the topics of the week, John. We, we've discussed Nigel. What is there anything more that you took out of it apart from it? It showed Sullivan up for who who you believe he is. But the no. only thing we didn't discuss, by the way, is he said uh, he talked about the Carvalho thing and that he should have actually, his kids begged him to sack Slav earlier and he should have acted in the summer. Again, his kids. What? Just, uh, what? It's embarrassing. It's just yeah, embarrassing. come on. Why would Slavin, right, hang on, if we're going to go, let's pick that apart. Why would you slack Bilic in the summer when he's just had you a seventh place finish and 11th place finish? The business club of West Ham done very well out of the positions, yeah, the final league positions that Slav and Bilic achieved. So yeah. why would Here you say Here's that? what he says. I should have got rid of him in the summer, but beating in Tottenham in the last home game and beating Burnley was just enough. Well, he got that My wrong, family gave me so much grief for not doing it. I thought he'd sorted things out. Well, he got that wrong straight away. We didn't beat Tottenham in the last home game. Last home game, we lost 4-1 to Liverpool. Okay. Last thing I'm going to just say to John, and then we're going to move on. Well, I'm not really the director of football, he says. I never go to the training ground. The manager had a policy of wanting old, approved Premier League players. That gives you an old squad of players who you've seen the best of. Embarrassing. Just embarrassing, Sean. He signs off on every player. Why, if you if you want a, you're the one who has to stick the policy and say right, this is how we want to operate. Work within those parameters. You don't let them say come and get me a load of thirty four year olds, do you? And pay well, ten million one, for one them. thing. You know what? I picked one positive thing out of the whole thing, out of the whole interview. Well, do you the, know what that was? Yeah, it's the old give someone too much rope and they'll hang themselves. No, and that's no. what he's done. David Sullivan saying he may bring in a director of football. There's a really good one in the Premier League. I would seriously think about taking him on. 
Well, he seriously him. should. He, they, they yeah, I agree. Seriously, just step back and if they, step back. Bring a director of football in. Don't talk to the press. They can't. They they can't run a football club. It's proven. But you can only do that with a new manager. You can only bring a director of football in as you bring yeah. in a new manager. You can't impose yeah. one. So now he's brought Moyes in. He can't really impose a director of football over Moyes. Not now Moyes has come in. Bear in mind Moyes has got a relationship with Tony Henry already from the time at Evan. So they're probably used to working together and picking players together. That's why Moyes may work for West Ham because Sullivan trusts Tony Henry. Henry's worked yeah. with Moyes and bought in players before. Okay. Anyway, <coughs> let's move on from the car crash interview. Let's talk about the London Stadium. So this is something that interests me, actually, because the last three games at the London Stadium have all gone to general sales. So last year, there was a ballot for every game. If you remember, there are 52,000 season ticket holders, and usually, on most games, there are 3,000 away fans. That takes you to 55,000. So that means that only a maximum of 2,000 tickets are available. And they used to go to ballot and they go available, as you probably know, to Claret members. There's over, I think, 30,000 Claret members. They get priority before going to general sale. So that was a ballot system last season. Sold out every time, oversubscribed. And after that, it then goes to, to ticket exchange. The last three games, Leicester City, Chelsea, and now Arsenal have all gone to general sale. And let me tell you, I couldn't go to the Leicester game and I put my um, ticket up on ticket exchange for the first time ever. It didn't sell, right? Chelsea game. Uh, I've known a number of people have come to me to say they put their ticket up on ticket exchange, went on general sale. It did finally go to ticket exchange. Their tickets didn't sell. And I've seen things from the, the ticket office tonight. Arsenal category A game again this Wednesday. I know it's a Wednesday night. Still on general sale. We're talking on Monday night with two days to go. Ticket exchange has not been um, uh, activated because obviously they haven't sold out. Um, are, are people are people got over the novelty of the London Stadium? Just they they can't be bothered to go. Nigel, let's start with you. What what is it that suddenly people aren't uh, don't want to buy the tickets, or is it too expensive? Oh yeah, I think it's a mixture. I think the kickoff times. So if you look at those three games. None of them traditionally three o'clock Saturday games. So we've had Friday night with the Leicester game, early kickoff. And and it does affect, you know, the season ticket um, fan base now is drawn from across the country. So I know people that come from the four corners of the country, from the southwest, from the southeast, from the north, east and west, and from Scotland that come down. And the kickoff times affect people's travelling and everything else. So you've got that problem. Now, if we go to the Chelsea-Arsenal games, Category A games, now it goes to general sale. Now, I know this has happened because someone did question it with me. Basically, I know someone went over there and wanted to buy an adult and two kids for the Arsenal game. How much do you reckon they got asked? Well, I, I know the tickets for ours are 60 quid each right, for adults. How much for the kids? Probably 60 quid as and well. there you go. There is, no, there is no child prices uh, for on category, category game. A games. So straight away. So even BAM 5, by the way, are 50 quid. Yeah. So in your, your BAM 5, aren't you? Yeah, so that would be 150 quid. To sit 150 quid sitting in the gods. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that. It's 80, by the way, for um, when it goes up to 1966. Yeah. I, I mean, that is you know, affordable football for all, is it? This, when when yeah. you want to bring a kid to football, if you're only going once or twice a season, you want to try and take your kid to the best game. Yeah? The kid may want to see the better players on show, you know, on the opposition, maybe. But you want to see them playing up against the best. You don't want to see them playing Brighton. You'd rather see them play Arsenal. Well, yeah. what are you going to pay? You ain't going to pay. I mean, that is scandalous. We've never done that at a bowling. We never charged adult prices. For yeah, football. I, I do agree. And and you know the other thing is you know there's ten thousand under sixteen tickets, right? Well, my kids are not going to come on a Wednesday night, on a school night, because you wouldn't get back to midnight or late than that. 
my youngest is 11. Uh, my daughter's 14. You know, it, you just don't want it on a cold night. You don't want to be getting them back at like one o'clock in the morning. So they give you your four quid back for the seat. And they try eight quid, eight quid, well, eight quid. Of course, the two, four quid each, yeah. And they're charging. No, 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 no. Eight quid each. Oh, eight quid each. Yeah. And they're charging sixty quid. Sixty quid, yeah. Plus a booking fee, obviously. Right. I oh, blimey, I know some tats that'd love to get that mark up. Yeah. Let me just check. Right, category A game. Right, I'm. We're band three. Well, you're dealing sixty quid then, surely. Uh, eight pound fifty-five. Yeah. I get back. Per, per child ticket but do you know how much for for our tickets it's 36 pound 72 so john we both sold our tickets from chelsea we, we sold them for 30 quid each but we could have got 36 pound 72 if any bugger had bought them on ticket exchange well that just means you've got to spend it with a club again now so fuck it does yeah and yeah. that's the downside as well why are people not putting tickets on ticket trader is because well, they're not selling at the moment to spend it in the club shop and to be fair yeah. i won't buy anything with the new badge on it and i haven't or, no, i haven't or, or, or use it for your renewals or club or or club tickets or anything like that you can use it for anything oh, can you you can use it for tickets yeah, you can use it for tickets or season tickets. I mean, at the bowling, I like I used to like having the empty seat because it was a bit of room. But to be fair, at the London Stadium, I've always got an empty seat next to me, whether it's used or yeah, not. Well, there's empty there's seats loads of empty seats up where I sit every game. Yeah. How about coming back to Stoke away? Again, lots of people have been calling for that. It's it. This one's particularly gone to general sale. Um, it looks like we might not sell out. But you, I think we discussed this. You think they should take it anyway, even if they don't yeah. sell out. There, there will be people that, that live up north, yeah, that can get down to the Stoke game. That maybe uh, don't, you know, can't always travel. It's not easy with travelling. It's a long way to go. Uh, every home game or whatever, they may just want to do a northern game. So this gives them the opportunity to be able to buy a ticket local to where they live. And, and see West Ham in the West Ham end with the West Ham fans. Yeah. So at the end of the day, I, they I took the extra ticket just to get an extra point. I must be honest. Yeah. Well, they, they took the four hundred extra tickets, didn't they, for the Stoke game? If they only sell three hundred, all well and good. If there's only hundred left, all well and good. It's in a way, it's not about the money they make off of away tickets. Everything shouldn't be about the money. It's about the service to the fans. That's what it should be about. I'm trying to get the maximum amount of your supporters in that ground in one go. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Yeah, I, it's hard to argue with that. But also, um, you got all of it. The whole thing is also television led, and you've right. you got so many games lumped together. Yeah, it's ridiculous times all around Christmas as well. It's just you know we got well we got three games coming up in five days soon. Yeah. It's just yeah. how many? Well, three games that have gone to general sale. They've all been on the telly. Yeah, so we're getting more stuff on the telly now. Um, than ever before, and we you must uh, we get what is it one point two five million for every game shown on Sky? Mm. So you know it, we are, we do seem to be a favoured pick. I don't know if that's because they want to see us destruct. We've also been chosen for the FA Cup uh, game, haven't we? Well, as well, we're having BBC. that. To be fair, we've got that's another game after having three games in five days or whatever. It is, yeah. I mean, this the fixture. This is a general thing with the fixture list. We play three games in August, three games in September, three games in October, three games in November. I think we then play seven games in December. Yeah, you know. Well, we're we're over to the beginning of January. Yeah, you know that. No, if you look at December, I think we play six or seven games where we've just spent previous months because of the international weekends not playing games. It's, it's well, we'll just check that. madness. <laughs> 
Spurs came out today, only an allocation of 2,700 out of 90,000, uh, starting off at people with 21 tickets. Oh, are you, you going to go that? There's 700 um, away season ticket holders. There's 808 bondholders ahead of everyone, and then the priority points. Yeah, and I think you've got double figures. So, yeah, I'll be all right for <laughs> you that. Go? Yeah, I'll be, I'll be getting a ticket for that. I'm hoping to go to Shrewsbury game as well. That's the one oh, I really, really want to go to. Yeah. Yeah. So for the Spurs game, because it's only 2,700, they've they've um, suspended that new rule, 10% going to first come, first right. served. But the, I mean, what's the Premier League rule? The Premier League rules are max 3,000 anyway, isn't it? So they've shortchanged us 300 yeah. there. 300. Yeah. And blame Wembley uh, Safety Advisory Board. Easy cop out, isn't it? <laughs> So you're going to be going. Like, I'm just looking at it now, right? Oh, uh, mate. It's good. Yeah. My missus. There is are one. Me. You're right. There's seven games in December. Yeah. We played Man City, Chelsea, Arsenal this Wednesday. Then we've got Stoke away. Then uh, Arsenal away in the Cup on Tuesday the 19th. Then we've got Newcastle at home on the 23rd. And Boxing Day, we've got Bournemouth away. And we should have had Tottenham in December as well. Yeah. And then in January... In the first week, we've got West Brom at home on the 2nd of January, uh, Tottenham away at Wembley on the 4th, and then three days later, Shrewsbury Town away for the FA Cup. So that's a hell of a lot of games. Yeah. They, bet, they better keep their celebrations and Let's hope we don't get a replay. Uh, oh, dear. Yeah. Let's like, yeah. like they've done some sensible business and when it comes yeah. the first January we get a couple of signings in got to go first, early first day bang first yeah. well I, I hope they will let's hope they've right, done something move. for once bit of let's planning. move on bit of planning um, our friend Nigel uh, goes to a lot of Hammers events and he went to the Hammers Heroes in Horn Church Theatre and and to be fair to Nigel he spoke to me on the night right and he said oh well um, Ludo and uh, uh, Julian Dick said this, but I don't. I don't want you to make this in the story, Sean. Which fair enough. I said, okay, it's not a story, but it's now public domain. So I guess we can talk about it now, really, can't we, Nigel? Yes, because it's now in the public domain. I am willing to talk about it. Yes. So, in your own words, tell us. Tell us what Ludo said first. Um, well, the, 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 but these shows are brilliant. Amazeros, Zeros, they're called. There's loads of them. There's one coming up in Chelmsford um, in March, and there's another one, 1980, the whole 1980 Cup team, October in South End, and I've already got my ticket for it. Um, so that, that's the, these shows. I should come along because then I can just print what I like. Yeah, without, you, you, without yeah you wouldn't need me to tell you. Not yeah, print. Yeah. So basically, yeah. they... They had three people on this season. So Tony Gow does the hosting. Uh, we had um, John Monker, Ludic McCloscoe, Julian Dix, these three. And Dix was booked while he was still uh, on the coaching staff. This, he didn't come in because he'd recently lost his job. So Ludo come out second. And he'd obviously spoke to Tony Gow behind. And, and then he, Tony Gow, you know, he's no lover of the board. Let's put no, it like that. that. So then Tony Gale says, Ludo, tell us what's happened. So basically, Ludo's come over this week and he, he works for agencies and he brings over, he looks after young goalkeepers. So what he's done is he brings them over for coaching and to, and to get them looking at Premier League clubs, see if Premier League clubs want to pick any of them up. Check goalkeepers himself, you know, um, check at Arsenal, uh, there was a couple of other Czech keepers when he was over, wasn't there? Yeah. There's, he, so he's got a party of 12. So he's brought the these, these kids over. So basically. Party of 12, yeah. So the story was it, it, they've gone for tickets for the clubs. So they had Tottenham Champions League. They got put in a box. Arsenal. Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm going to take No, no, no. Not, not Tottenham. I think Tottenham gave him tickets. I think Arsenal put them in yeah. a box. Arsenal, uh, just just to be, again, a clarification afterwards, he didn't say this at the night. Uh, so Tottenham did give him tickets. Yeah. Uh, the agency yeah. that um, Ludo's with booked a box from Arsenal. Right. So there was no cost to him, but it was arranged through his agency, not, so, not, not Ludo right. himself. Okay, so it's like, anyway, he's gone up to Man United for training 
and uh, yeah. Andy Cole was there and, and made a joke and they and about not you again after his heroics ninety five and the kids were so looked after at Man United it was untrue he said and then it comes to West Ham they booked tickets for a tour that they paid for yeah so he did a tour of the ground that day uh, but then they wanted they asked for tickets to go and watch a game now it was said Ludo had to pay for the tickets. Yeah. Now, so the other clubs, it was alluded, the other clubs had let him come in, helped him out and everything. When he's approached West Ham, nothing. Now, bearing in mind Ludo, not only a goalkeeping legend, was a coach. And not, not only that, I bumped into him about four years ago after an SAB meeting. I used to drink in the bar afterwards. There was like a couple of us used to stay behind, have a drink in the bar. And I was turned around and Ludo is standing in the bar. And I've gone, blimey, I've got my photo done with him. And it turned out he always stayed at the at the bowling hotel rather than in a fancy rest, um, fancy hotel, whatever. Because what, his, his words were, West Ham's my club and, and this is where I belong. He, he approaches the club. This is what we're told. He approaches the club and the club say, yeah, you've got to buy the tickets. And he, he bought the tickets. He, he paid the money after the tour that night. So that was the Wednesday, last Wednesday. And that's the story told. Now, you know, I was so disgusted. I emailed you from my seat saying, fucking sort this out. <laughs> you tell yeah. them and tell them now I want him to have his money back. because it's And I went straight to Karen Brady. Yeah. <laughs> I went straight to the top. But so the story, right? I'm just going to repeat the story from the club, right? You you can say, well, that's convenient. Yeah. What they say, right, is uh, it wasn't Ludo. It was a friend of Ludo's who, 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 it wasn't that week. It had been arranged two or three weeks before. And it was done for a friend of Ludo's who had a contact at the ticket office. Uh, The club say they were at no point were they aware um, that the tickets were for Ludo and as soon as they worked it out, in fact, they were trying to get Ludo to do some pitch side um, interviews and stuff, the media team. So as soon as they became aware, they obviously contacted Ludo and gave him a full refund. Now the cynic in you, I'm sure Nigel was going to say, well, that's convenient, isn't it? But it does make a point whether who's right or wrong and whether they went through official channels or whatever, it, it makes a point. And both of us have been talking this for a long time is, West Ham, like Man City, like Arsenal, and, re- and, and recently joined um, Newcastle, should have a former West Ham Players Association where they send cards, they send out a newsletter, and they have a hotline for all the ex-players because they're always welcome back, the club tell me, that they can ring, speak to someone and go, we want some tickets yeah, to come along. Yeah, no. I'd... I hope it was a misunderstanding, and it wasn't. I I think that Ludo's helping great esteem. I don't think it was deliberate. No, but, but Matt, you're going to say I, I'm pro board. I would say no. That. Well, the, the way I see it is is that there's probably a bit of truth in both sides, but then there's a bit of spin as well. West Ham were put in there, you know, to try and cover their tracks. The f- he got his money back. That's the main thing, yeah, that's, isn't it? That's all I was bothered about. Would they give him his money back or would they know he's paid his money, blah, blah, blah. The when, they get, when they get used to running a football club, maybe they'll set up one of these hotlines. Well, this is the thing. It's not hard. They've been pulled up about it before. We've asked them before in the past yeah. about having a next Amazon. Well, I've, I've lobbied uh, – a number of directors on this, and I have said Nigel was offered to actually set it up himself. I did, yeah, and actually help. I would set it up myself, and and you know, but I was, to work, I agree. The club needs to get behind it. There's no point in in fans setting it up. Yeah, years it, it, ago, it a, a, a player he only played for West Ham about five or six times. I got friendly with him on Twitter, and his dad worked at the club and played for the club as well. And basically, I think I see he'd got a, a, a birthday card from Gillingham. And, yeah. you know, and I said to him, like, do you get anything from West Ham? And he just laughed. So, he, you know, and he was a West Ham boy and West Ham fan as a kid, played for the club. And 
and he gets treated better by you know a club yeah that he played for as well probably more times than West Ham but you'd think oh, come on it's only a birthday card isn't it that's all I'm saying yeah. send them a okay. birthday card and give them an email address or a telephone number of someone where they can ring up and say look yeah. I want to come blah blah or even if their friend and this is the friend did the friend ring up and say I'm bringing no I swear the friend would have said look Ludette McCloscoe's coming over can we have some tickets can we sort something out and they probably spoke to someone in the club who'd never heard of him. And that's the worst mm. thing about it. Yeah, yeah. Look, for once, I think John, myself and you are all in agreement on this. They need to treat former players better and they need a way in a big club that, that they can call a hotline and, and, and be respected. No, I and agree. Get I totally agree. But they've been there for a long time now, Sean, so this should all be in place. Yeah. I do think that there's a fucking lot more things to sort out. First of all, before I start worrying about this, yeah. so that's an easy though. thing to do, John. Although I will, I'll, I'll just play, do, I'll, I'll play devil's advocate, <laughs> and you're you're going to kill me for saying this, John. But when I, we first talked about this story in our WhatsApp group, you go, "Well, I've been a season ticket holder for X number of years. Where's my free ticket?" Well, yeah, it's true. I mean, I do I do agree with the sentiment, but hold on, they're ex players. They got all the money in the world, most of them. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, let's put it in perspective. Yeah, you're a harsh man, John. You're a harsh man. <laughs> yeah. Right, let's move on to Julian Dibbs, uh, conscious of time. So tell us a, a very quick summary of what Julian had to say. Obviously, very first quick. time. You know, it, I thought he did well, Julian. He, he didn't name names and he refused to name names. There was a lot of shouting out from the crowd and everything. Basically, he found out he was sacked from the club from his daughter. So there was no official. They, they'd done away with Billich, put it out there. And his daughter says to him, he's been sacked. He didn't hear from the club till the end of that day where a, a member of the club staff rung him up and asked for the iPad and computer back. Andy Pincher. Well, you can name him. So there you go. Um, you know, it's just the, the lack of, I don't know what it is. The way to say it, it's just the lack of empathy. You know, this is another player that's uh, actually is a legend of the club. I'll put Julian in legendary bracket for me, and, and and a former captain, and who put his body through everything to walk <laughs> out on that pitch. You know, bad injury after bad injury, and he just dusted himself down and did everything he could to so get back out there. Before I'm going to come back and give you some feedback on the article I wrote. He also went on to talk about lazy players and, and the head of medical, did he not? Yeah, he did. He did. So he said, basically, you know, some players, modern day, and it was a dig at modern day players, players in his day that Moncur, and you could look at Moncur and, and think, you know, they would have injections. And if you, all you got to do is let watch them walk on the stage the way they walk, you can tell they are proper, you know, they put their body through it to be professional footballers, that they would play generally with injuries. They were probably injured 75% of the time. I think it was a higher figure they put out. Modern-day players, you know, they're getting the trainers running on during practice. They'll take a dive, you know, not take a dive. They'll mm. they'll go down injured or they'll cry off injured. You know, yeah. it's just, you know, he said they did, they picked up him and, Billich, the lack of intensity in training, but no matter what they did, the players didn't respond. And it does, for me, come down to professional pride in the players. I said it a few weeks okay. ago. Well, I'm going to tell you something that shocked me. So I, I ran that story after it got to public domain, and actually, it's in the top of news now. It's been the biggest story over the weekend uh, the Dicks break silence headline. And, and actually, there was a lack of empathy for Julian Dix. Actually, a lot of people said, you were part of the problem. You were such an important defender. Why didn't you apologise for your part oh, in what's please. happened recently? I'm just telling you what people said. It shocked me. And they saw him that he should have taken the opportunity with West Ham fans in the room to apologise for his part right. in the failure of West Ham. Right. I'm just telling well, you, Nigel. I know you'd react like do, this, but I'm just telling you, know you what, what they said. That says to me. There's, there's too many <clears> Muppets <throat> like other people on other shows that turned man and accused him of being the man that put out the cones and the bibs. Yeah. yeah. And and people listen to that and they just agree with it. And and that's the problem I have with people. What was his role then? What do you mean he was a coach, wasn't he? He was there to coach. Was in charge of what? Coaching uh, what? If you're gonna tell me, right, I'm I not gonna dig that him was out. an insult. The man that said that was it insulted him. He calls him a club legend and then and then they joke about oh he's just there to put the bibs out and the cones. 
do you think Julian Dix would really work for West Ham just to put the bibs and cones out? Do you think? No, of course not. Right then, so he was there. Was he a defensive coach? Well, listen, if you're a coach, you're a coach. The strikers, is he? He sets up the training. From what I've seen, they have a meeting. They work out what training they go. He's turned around and said that no matter what they did, they realised there was a lack of intensity, but no matter how they tried to get the players to change, they couldn't. At the end of the day, that's down to the players that walk out there. All right, well, this is a great segue to our next bit, which is the stats for this weekend have shown how well, under David Moyes, Hammers Fitness has improved, right? West Ham covered 72 miles against Chelsea this weekend, the fourth most, joint fourth most in the Premier League, right? Noble got covered the most distance himself, eight miles himself. And actually, if you look at it, since David Moyes has taken over, Obiang, Lanzini, Chiati and Noble are now running far more and getting top running for the, the distance covered top running. since Moyes um the distance covered in, in a game and this weekend uh Mikel Antonio is one of the fastest at over 21.1 miles so these are stats by the way you might go oh statistics statistics but these are the stats we were right at the bottom under Billage at the beginning of this season but suddenly the intensity and the amount we're running for a game has improved under Moy so it maybe it wasn't just the players Nigel no I'm not having it mate I'm telling you now right? You say fitness improved. What it might have been was they were fit enough to run around, but they chose not to run around. But you're saying they are under Moyes then? Well, obviously there's a change, isn't there? And, and, and I will say, look, I, you know, I back the manager. Moyes is in charge. I back Moyes. And on art, you can see there's an improvement. I ain't going to lie to you. I personally still believe Billich, we wouldn't have gone down, but we were yeah. in trouble. And I think Moyes will do better than Billich. Actually, and I think probably if you look at it, Moyes' record in the Premier League is far better than Billage's. <laughs> so yeah. it's actually could turn out to be a good move to have David Moyes there. But to turn around and use this as a way of bigging up Moyes over Billage is wrong because the players walk out on that pitch. They know they need to run around. If they're not running around, Billage can't run behind them and force them to run. They made the choice during games not to run. That's okay. down to them. Uh, John, just before we move on to uh, Facebook, Twitter question time, uh, have you seen an intensity change under Moyes or you think it's just one of those statistics that Chelsea ran more and therefore we ran more over the weekend? No, I said it in the, the when we discussed the Chelsea game. You can see there is a, an improvement. You can see it. What, how that's come about or why that's come about, I don't think we'll ever really know. Yeah, I don't think we'll be able to say... Moyes has done and Moyes are there. I, I do believe there was something else going on and the players chose not to... I think they were, they were or a, a portion of them were not playing for the manager. Okay, fair enough. Well, it's time for this. It's Facebook, Twitter, question time. Um, earlier I asked, uh, podcasting tonight at 7 o'clock, discuss the Chelsea win, the Sullivan interview, and preview the games against Arsenal and Stoke. Send in your questions or statements of fact. Alexandra McFarlane says, hi to everyone. Don't really have a question right now. Still glowing from the weekend's achievement. Very satisfying it was too. The turnaround on the pitch was like watching a different team. We displayed passion, commitment and determination. I just want to big up David Moyes and his staff for doing a good job. Players are sensitive souls by the look of it. One minute they're not putting the effort. Next minute they are. As long as they maintain that drive, we can revive our season with the right leadership, of course. Looking forward to listening. It's a quality pod, this one. Brilliant. You're right, Alexandra, it is. Um, he seems to think it's a David Moyes effect. Good. <laughs> Good luck. Paul Sanders says, what was up with Antonio late in the game in Saturday? Looked like it wasn't running at the end. Injury or fatigue? You tell us, Sean, you're the man with the knowledge. Well, I haven't asked really about Antonio. I think he hasn't really recovered, yeah, but if he was one of the fans... more interested people. in ticket sales. But yeah, <laughs> ask the question. He did I will ask the question and get back to you. Like Ed Fort- yeah, he did. Yeah, maybe. 
Ed uh, Hawthorne said, we haven't had much luck with record signings. Jarvis Carroll, AU Arnie is turning it around. We seem to be better with getting the most out of the non-high-profile signings like Antonio Criswell and Obiang. Will we spend big on one player or trust scouts and buy a few lesser players in January? What do you think? Where should we spend our money, uh, Nigel, in January? Um, up front, I think we need a, a better someone, a, a better quality striker. Perhaps sell Sacco and Carroll um, and bring in another striker to replace the two of them. Who would take them two? Well, Sacco might get a buyer. But who's going to who should we buy? Player? Let's just answer the question. Who should be buying uh, lesser well-known players or one big player in January? I, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if, if we end up with um, Carvalho. Yeah. Mm. I think we need a midfielder. No. A really strong midfielder. I wouldn't be surprised if he, if they do that deal now. Yeah. yeah try I and backpedal. But I, I would, I've seen all that stuff going around lately. I wouldn't mind getting Giroud for the rest of the season. I wouldn't mind Giroud either. Uh, Douglas Woodhurst says, outstanding effort shown against Chelsea from start to finish. Good to see the boys running all those hard yards. Adrian didn't have much to do to keep his place, so well done for Moyes by sticking with him. Arthur was a revelation. Look forward to a similar display of grit and determination on Wednesday. Yeah, we haven't spoken much about Arthur, but he, he is sort of cutting himself out a new position, isn't he, John? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he is. Very much so, but he, he needs it as well because you know he what he does do he, and he does it pretty well, but he does lose it at times. And if he's in a defensive yeah. position, it could be costly. But yeah, all, stick all, with Adrian Nigel. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I said last week the man that was informed that wears a shirt gets to keep the shirt. It was unfortunate with Joe that he lost his place because of the Man City game and he couldn't play against yeah. them. But that's football, isn't it? Yeah, well, he did, you know, in my view, he didn't do anything to to lose his position against Chelsea, so it would be yeah. unfair for him That's to lose right. his position against Arsenal. Even though Hart may lose his England place if he if he doesn't get back well, in. Well, this while. is the thing: Hart will probably come in for the Shrewsbury game in the cup or the Arsenal game. So Hart will play the Arsenal game if Hart has a stormer on yeah. Wednesday, uh, Wednesday week. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, we'll see, isn't it? So it could be good. Could be good. Who's your favourite out of the two, Nigel? Well, I always go for Adrian because for me, when Hart signed, it was almost like he was coming here to do himself a favour. Where Adrian has always shown passion. I think Hart is a better goalkeeper. I do believe that Hart yeah. overall is a better goalkeeper. But me too. I, I would rather have Adrian. If Hart wanted to sign a contract, then I'd have him as number one. But he's only on yeah. so now I'll go with Adrian. Quickly, John, Hart or, or Adrian? I totally agree with what Nigel just said. Totally agree. Right, last thing. Trevor Payne says, we've seen a massive improvement under David Moyes in terms of work effort and fitness. So my question is this. With so many comments about the players' fitness being below par under Bilic, why did the players not take it on themselves to get fitter if they believe the manager wasn't doing it? Surely, as a professional in any industry, you have a certain amount of pride in your work and therefore personal responsibility to prepare yourself to do your job at your very best. Hard to argue with that, isn't it? Well, you try it with me. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, that's basically what I said, isn't it? Personal, the players chose yeah. to do that. They're a different breed yeah. now. Footballers are just, yeah. footballers and football is no, just going to another world. That's a stop right, them. well, there you go. So that's it for this week. We've got predictions. Uh, obviously, we've got Arsenal on Wednesday. We're all going, aren't we? Yeah. Yep. Any of us going to Stoke away on the weekend? No, Christmas shopping. All right, okay. So let's start with Arsenal. We'll start with you, John. Uh, prediction, please. Um, given the way we are, I would, I think we will get a draw. I think it'll be a one-all draw. Ooh, Nigel. So I was going to go nil-nil. Oh, and I'm going to go for a one-nil win. Really? Uh, I've been betting on this. I bet on a, on a, on a, uh, Man City one-nil win. I, half time I was there. I wanted to bet one-nil for Chelsea and I didn't. So I missed out on it. So I'm going to go, I'm going to bet on a one-nil win for West Ham right, against Arsenal. Stoke <laughs> away, uh, Nigel, this time first. What, what do you think we can get away at, um, uh, against the Potters? 
2-1 win. Wow. John? Yeah, Stoke concede the most goals, haven't they, in the Premier League? So I'm going to go for 2-0. <laughs> All right, and I'll go for 1-0 because I like my 1-0 uh, win. So I'll go for 2-1-0 wins and that will get us uh, nine points in... Uh, Nine points in three games. Well, who would have imagined it? We'd be out of the relegation zone by Christmas. So that's it. That's all the time we got today. Uh, I have been Sean. Uh, John has been back. And Nigel has been cold. In your shed. That's it. <laughs> Come on, you irons. Go on, you irons. Bobby Moore. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.